You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, good late Sunday afternoon, everybody. Completely, probably not what anybody expected. Um, your first Locked On Browns postgame show of the season. I, I don't even know how to open this one up. Um, there's There was a lot that led to this early in the game, late in the game, and just uh, maybe a slight underestimation of the Tennessee Titans, who, uh, but look, early in the game, it was there for you. Um, your local experts on the biggest stories, Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith, along for the ride here on Lockdown Browns, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Pete, there's a myriad of issues of things that went wrong today. But I guess the easiest one and the easiest way to start it is is you cannot get penalized like that. You cannot get personal fouls and unsportsmanlike conduct, uh, unsportsmanlike conducts like they did. And then expect to win a game. But, I mean, that was just starting the the terrible bowl of soup, so to speak, as the way today went. No, I mean, here's the thing. Take a shot. What do you think the difference between yards per play was between the Titans and the Browns? I don't think it was much, if any. The Titans had 6.1 yards per play. The Browns had 5.5, which, you know, that's not great. But, you know, if you if you look at that and go, you know, you look at this game, that's not like a, a reason to lose. But when you commit 18 penalties, uh, you have any number of unsportsmanlike like penal- conduct penalties, which, you know, that's not like trying to win penalties. That's being unable to control yourself in a situation. Uh, when you convert one of 10 on third down, uh, when you, you know, and don't convert, your only third down conversion was in the third quarter. And then you turn over the ball three times. You're not winning any games, let alone you're beating any teams who are good. Uh, you know, the Browns beat themselves before the Titans ever had a chance. Cause I mean, you, if, just looking at the first half, the Browns go into the first half, going to halftime down 12 to six. And you know, that, that wasn't, you know, that, that felt like a nothing lead because it was a nothing lead. It felt like it should have been, you know, 20 or something, but the Titans didn't really do that much. It's just the Browns were constantly in their own way. No, I mean, there's no, no issues on that standpoint. Um, it just, and I, I guess I'll go here. Um, and maybe the way they handled preseason Pete, you know, if it was a veteran team and it had been a well-established group of guys that had been together, maybe that would have been okay. But I mean, there was a lot of, and you know, you saw it later in the game with the interceptions. There was a lot of not necessarily knowing where everybody was, you know, once it was real and once the real bullets were flying. Yeah. Um, it's, you just, it's, it's hard to know with, you know, the way preseason works and, you know, how, how, how teams are, you know, using it. And obviously the Browns sort of went to the beat of their own jump. It, you know, there, there's so much less indication how things are going to go uh, when you get the first season. It's so unpredictable. It feels like college football in that respect now where, you know, you don't see anything out of college teams at all. And then all of a sudden they play football. And, and so much of this felt like that with the Browns. Um. Look, Greg Robinson, you know, you're certainly not going to put this on him. But uh, obviously, didn't have a tough day up until the time he got ejected. But, Pete, I mean, if you get yourself pushed off a pile, 
you got to think about what you're doing. You got to understand what's going on, you know, in the scenario that you're at and, you know, throwing a kick and look, I, I'll be honest. I mean, I think the first one where, you know, they, it was the screen of Odell and they said, you know, he it was a blindside block. I don't believe it was. It's not, you know, it's not his fault they, that the cornerback didn't look at him. He was, you know, I mean, a blindside block to tells me, tell me the guy essentially had his back to you. So I thought that was a poor call, but I mean, you can't come back and do something stupid and get yourself ejected. And and I guess we'll get to Kendall Lamb, which is probably, I'm assuming the news isn't going to be good. But, you know, Greg Robinson, you got to keep your wits about you, man. Yeah, the, the blindside black was neither blind nor to the side. Um, the, the You can't allow yourself to lose control like that. You know, you're get, first and foremost, you're getting paid. Uh, you're getting paid a lot of money to play. And, you know, it doesn't work if you're going to get yourself ejected. But then you immediately put your team in behind the eight ball because there's only so many guys that are active on, on game days. So you're already behind. And that is exactly what happened when they're suddenly running Kendall Lamb out there uh, at left tackle. And then all of a sudden he gets hurt and you're quite literally down to five healthy linemen. And that's that, that starts. None of that happens. You know, I mean, somebody may have gotten hurt, may not, but but nothing, none of that happens if if he can just control himself and, and move on to the next play. But he couldn't do that, couldn't, you know, move on and, and stay in the football game. And, you know, I don't think it's necessarily, uh, you know, a, a huge drop-off from Greg Robinson to Kendall Lamb. Uh, first and foremost, I think, you know, based on what we saw – from today, I'm still not sure Kendall Lamb should have been your starting right tackle to get out there. But it's just, it, it's. It, I think that that ejection was symbolic for the entire game in terms of just how the Browns were, how the Browns sort of were able to respond to any adversity and ultimately just shooting themselves in the, their their foot. They ran out of they ran out of toes and may have run out of bullets. Uh, yeah, exactly. They certainly would have had, of you know, by all means, you know, certainly gone with a, uh, you know, a full new, uh, you know, uh, magazine, whatever it's called, or whatever. You certainly needed to, uh, you know, up the ammo there because it, it was getting. I mean, it was to the point now. And I mean, and when you have the announcers saying to the fact that you know, wow, we went five plays without a penalty. That that, that was really nice. Um, it tells you how bad it was, and it really wasn't on Tennessee's aspect of it you know and look none of this is to degrade Tennessee uh you know obviously they came in stuck to their game plan and then once the opportunity started to break their way they just capitalized and capitalized and capitalized um I, I guess we'll go with this one here Pete you know we talked about this sometimes last year during the season there's times where you know as great as Baker Mayfield is and you know there were a couple instances today where it was play calling if it's third and one just run the freaking ball you got Nick Chubb I'd rather punt because we couldn't get one yard on third and one, then to go into, you know, the old adage of, you know, how many bad things can happen when you put the ball in the air. Um, so there's that. But, you know, Baker, as amped as he is and as great as he is, he's got to learn sometimes that, look, even if you're down two scores, you're if you're down two scores, you're not going to make it up on one throw. And this, you know, I'm not trying to say this is an Achilles hill or something's going to hold him back. This is something we've noticed now when times get tough. Baker tries, you know, he wants to hit the 52-run home run with nobody on base. You just can't do it, kid. 
yeah, I, I don't I don't disagree with that at all. That 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 tends to be what happens is he held, holds onto the ball longer and looks for bigger plays or tries to do it all himself uh, and everything that comes with that. Uh, I I don't like the third and one play call because you know not because of like the idea that you have to necessarily run the ball in third one. It just felt like that was an easy way to be a tone setter. You're you're trying to to call say say that you are a you know a, a first and foremost a physical football team uh, that you are going to be the most physical football team. Which by the way, they're zero one on that front too. But if you're trying to set a tone for yourself, I think that's where you have to start to do it. Get yourself a little bit of a role, but just the third one. In a lot of ways, I, I think, it's, you know, you sort of reveal who you are. And, you know, it, it's, it's – which is certainly not bad to say that it's – that you are Baker Mayfield and, and that's your offense. But it just felt like if you're trying to say we're a physical football team, you sort of spit the bit on that one. Yeah, and, you know, and it's, you know, kind of putting the metal in the metal and establishing Kush and, you know, what you have in Nick Chubb. I mean – it's just, you know, I mean, there's, uh, you know, guys, look, I mean, we'll try to be positive here, but I mean, there's, you know, not a lot to come away with here today, just the way everything went. Um, guys, whether you're like me, whether you're somebody, you know, as a family man or you're somebody that keeps long hours, DoorDash. DoorDash is a good thing for you guys to have into your life, whether it's a long day at work uh, or a long day with kids at, uh, you know, activities and, you know, two spouses and you work or just somebody put in 12, 13 hours a day. Uh, on the ride home, you don't want to be bothered about what you're going to do for dinner. That's where DoorDash comes in. Go to DoorDash, download the app. Um, obviously, you have your franchise restaurants. You have your local restaurants. Uh, use uh, your first order when you uh, download DoorDash. On the app, uh, $5 off your first order of $15 or more. And use promo code LOCKEDON, no space, all caps. And, uh, you know, get yourself a meal in, make it easy, you know, for whatever night it is. And, but I mean, look, everybody's got, you know, strenuous schedules. Last thing you need sometimes is when you get in late at night is to have to worry about what you're going to do for dinner. Uh, Vivid Seats is an online event ticket uh, marketplace dedicated to fans of live entertainment with experiences that will last a, lot, last a lifetime. With Vivid Seats, listeners can watch their favorite teams and artists perform in person earning credit back on all purchases made to the Vivid, Vivid Seats app using the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program. Vivid Seats helps fans find their seats to any of their favorite live concerts, including sports, also uh, theater, and more, all using the Vivid Seats app. Vivid Seats offers great prices and an easy purchasing uh, experience, as well as a high in-app loyalty program with Vivid Seats Rewards. With rewards status ranging from MVP to Hall of Fame, customers can earn from 10% up to 60% credit on all their purchase through the app for the month of September. Go to the App Store or Google Play, download the Vivid Seats app reward. Uh, all Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by a 100% guarantee. Uh, we all love a night. We all love a night out, whether it is seeing our favorite bands in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on our favorite teams, or whether it's theater that you like. To make things even better right now, Vivid Seats now has their loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back. Vivid Seats rewards for the month of September earn double credit back from 10 to 16% on all your purchases using the Vivid Seats app. 
Use the promo code, all caps, locked on. Look, guys, live music, ball games, and obviously anybody who loves the theater. Go ahead and use Vivid Seats. You know, download the app. Use the promo code, like I said, locked on, all caps, no space. We appreciate Vivid Seats for the sponsorship of Locked On Browns. I know it seems weird to say, but I don't think the defense, obviously they had their share of penalties as well. I don't think they played that bad today. I think it was just the fact of, you know, the breaks beat the boys on offense, and then there was just only so much the defense could do at a certain point. I thought they played pretty well in the first half. Um, I think, yeah, obviously penalties again. I mean, the, the one drive that where they scored the touchdowns, they got five, three. five, it was something like that. Yeah, yeah. They the game entirely. The, the Titans had six penalty, six first downs, as a result of Browns penalties, which is you know shameful. I mean, the Browns. I say the Titans had uh, twenty-one first downs in all, six of them from penalties, six of them from rushing. I mean, that's you, you hand them three first downs. That's, that's sort of the result you get. But, no, I mean, they weren't bad. I mean, they, they had situations where they forced punts. They were able to flip the field the one time uh, where, you know, the, the Browns uh, had uh, Jamie Gillen punt from his own end zone and, and got the ball uh, to the, the, their 49, which was good. And then they managed to get the ball and ultimately put them sort of down by their own end zone. Uh, so, defensively, they did enough in the first half. It wasn't until the second half where you saw some defensive breakdowns like on that screen pass and, and some of the other uh, issues. Delaney Walker plays. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like there were times like the, the, the screen pass in particular, the Browns were completely and totally, I don't even know if the word's fooled, but they were just completely out of position and beaten badly. And I don't know how much of that is on the defense itself or how much of that is on Steve Wilkes for the call. But in that moment, I was transported back to last year with Greg Williams because that felt like vintage Greg Williams defense where you have all these guys flying up the field and nobody's there to sort of uh, defend the screen pass, which is, you know, problematic. I I thought they had some nice calls uh, throughout the game. Again, especially in the first half, I thought they did a really nice job to sort of neutralize some of the play action. They started doing some, some, uh, some good blitzing. Off the backside, the one Morgan Burnett sack was as a result uh, was an easy play for that. Uh, and they had – it may have been that sack. I think it was a mile, the Miles Garrett sack where they knocked them backward uh, and ultimately had the, uh, the Cairo Santos 53-yard field goal they made. Uh, you know, those aren't – if you're going to give up points, those are the type of points you're, you're going to be okay giving up. It's just – uh, you know, it wasn't until like, you know, halfway through the fourth quarter that this thing really got out of control, but it was largely as a result of turnovers at that point, And they were just sort of screwed. But I mean, if you're, if you're looking at three quarters of football and you're sitting there going, you know, they only have about 20, uh, they had 22 after the third quarter, it, you know, it's not great, but it's not the end of the world. But the you know, first half, they were, they were more than enough. And the Browns offense just, couldn't do anything. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, when Baker hit Njoku, it was 17 minutes to go. You were down two. And this is going to be one of those things that you got to do. Look, I mean, you can be a team 
And this is what great teams do is, you know, you can play piss poor football for three quarters, but the opportunity was there. And then that Henry screen happened and then Baker threw three fourth quarter picks. But these are, you know, you've got to understand that the, you know, I mean, they have to you know play with the, the feeling of, we just need that final chance. And that's kind of what happened today. And, you know, I was kind of, I was feeling good. It was 15, 13. It was, there were 17 minutes to go. You know, Baker had at the point was, you know, hot and it was feeling good. And that Henry screen. And then it, now it was back to 10. And, you know, that's where you get to the, you know, you know, you, you're trying to chase two drives in one, which you just cannot do in this league. Yeah. I mean, that's, you can't, I mean, you can't have, let's see, the Browns had a total of, I think, 13 drives, 14 total drives. Two of them to score on, they went right down the field, basically on both of them, although the second one was, you know, some some big-time plays. Jarvis Landry had those back-to-back great plays. Uh, but, I mean, in terms Anybody of – Anybody listening, Pete gave Jarvis a little credit, so make sure you notice. Go yeah, ahead. that was – that was his drive. I mean, he, he, but those two plays, I mean, but, but like the first drive of the, the game, they went right down the field. Uh, I, I think they missed, uh, I don't know what the status with Richard Higgins is, but I think they missed it's him early. Oh, of course. Uh, but they went right down the field uh, those two times. And then they had 12 other drives and they, it just, they, they weren't able to convert. Uh, the three turnovers were obviously big in that, but just so many, uh, even when it was a lot of one step forward, two back, two steps back type situations where they'd make a play and get a holding penalty or make a play and get something else. I mean, the first drive was the only one where they, you know, they have the, the Greg Robinson blindside block and they, 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 they blew right through it. It did not hold them back. They were able to keep going and go right down the field, but almost every other situation, a, a penalty was just, it, it just killed the drive before it, before anything else. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, we'll, we'll try to sift through some positives here. Um, eventually when we get into it, um, I, I'll go to the specialists here, you know, obviously cyber Pete, I talked about this on the pregame. There was going to be a missed extra point. Um, but you know, as far as Jamie Gillian, I, I thought, you know, obviously there was a lot of hang time. There was a lot of depth. I don't think that's an, an issue right now. I, I think you're okay with that. Um, granted we never want to punt this much though, ever. Yeah, there's no question that you have to get more out of offensive drives. I, and from the same point, I, I, I'm, you know, I've harped on this and I've harped on I wish they were more aggressive on some of these situations, like the fourth and one. Like, if you're going to throw it on third and one, that's fine. But then come back and go for it if you're going to do that or just go get the one yard. But I just uh, – I'm hoping that as this goes along – they're going to be more aggressive on some of these things and, and be a little bit better. Maybe today wasn't the day for that, given how many issues they had with penalties. And it's very difficult to sort of, you know, want to do that and go for it when you're, when you're just doing so many things wrong before the offense even really does anything. But that's something I'm certainly going to keep an eye on as this thing goes, goes forward, because you, you have all these playmakers uh, it seems like you want to you want to put the ball in their hands as much as possible, as opposed to punting. And again, and and that in that same vein, I mean, that's trusting the defense to be able to come up and and make plays. Uh, yeah, and this goes back to it. I don't think the, I think the defense just got really kind of put into a bad position, and this isn't you know even with the improved 
overall depth in the talent on the defense and how the hell Gernard Avery didn't dress today, but uh, Chad Thomas did. I'd love to get the explanation on that. But uh, the thing, if he played, I didn't see it. I, I I'll be honest with you. I don't know if I saw a 92 on the field today. I'll be completely honest. I, my fear is that this is going to be another situation where we're going to see Olivier Vernon and Miles Garrett were basically on the field the entire game. Yes, and um, you know, and eventually, you know, got taxed, and that's what happens. It, look, you know, sometimes you have to equate it to the team you're playing. Look, Marcus will run around all day, and you got to be smart with that type of stuff. Uh, Pete's going to tell you about the good folks at Blue Chew. Um, we'll get into some studs and duds from today because there were some good things. Uh, but Pete, uh, Pete, find folks over at Blue Chew. Well, I mean, after a game like today, uh, blue is the word. Uh, blue is in how you typically feel after this, and blue is <laughs> what the Titans' colors were as they ran right by you into the end zone on multiple occasions. Uh, blue Chew, that's, that's blue like the color blue. Uh, Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredient as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. They'll take care of you and making it easy to get a prescription, discreet in how they send it to you. So uh, plug in the uh, promo code locked on and uh, let them help you out to make sure you're taking care of the uh, spouse at home so they can take care of you. He's trying to think hard on positives here. Um, Dontrell Hilliard, first career touchdown, his first career carry. Miles Garrett on pace for 32 sacks. You know, Pete, Jeff Risden, trying to push that 20-sack campaign. Uh, Pete, positives. What else is there? Well, look, I mean, Odell Beckham is good. He's really good. And He's so quick. He's so quick. Obviously, he was – um, you know, he set the tone for the entire offense. They were obviously very concerned in stopping him. You know, they were doing some shading type things. They were making sure he couldn't get over the top on some things and he, he could get open basically at will um, at a lot of, a lot of these times. Now it's, you know, the problem is nobody, you know, you didn't get enough from other guys uh, in that, in that vein, but no, he's good. Nick Chubb, when they gave him the ball was good. Uh, you know, he caught the ball. He, he runs the ball well. Uh, you know, th- th- this is the thing. I mean, like, we're, we're, the, so much is going to be talked about, well, the offensive line. And, and it's not really the offensive line. It's just offensive tackle. Even Eric Cush was fine. Uh, it's just the, the tackle position is the issue for you. I mean, Nick Chubb was at 4-6 a carry for 74 yards. He uh, caught th- three for 10. Um, I mean – like when you go through this and uh, up until uh, you start spraying the ball over the field for the, the Titans to take, I mean, a lot of the numbers looked fine 
it's just those other things that, that, that ruined them. And yeah, it's, I mean, certainly, uh, Dontre Hilliard getting his first touch or his first touchdown is very good. Although, you know, then he immediately goes down, uh, and was getting evaluated for a concussion. I never saw a result with that. Um, uh, and then, and then the Browns offense in general, those two drives looked impressive. It's just, it's a shame you can only get two drives out. And then obviously Miles carried two sacks, uh, always, always good. Um, Larry Okunjobi had the one, uh, but yeah, I mean, there, I, I thought Joe Schobert was good. I'm curious what the tape's going to show me when I look at it, but like all these people are like complaining about the defense and then that immediately goes to Schobert and, you know, the Browns up until the end, we're really doing a good job of, of holding Derrick Henry down. Uh, it wasn't like he was running all over them in the beginning of the game. And it was sort of taking away their, their play action and some of their passing because they just became very predictable and stuff early on. So they were forcing a lot of punts on that. So yeah, I, I thought Schobert was good. I think the biggest key as they, you know, head into Monday night versus the Jets is, you know, whether it's a good thing, it's, it's probably, you know, it's never a good thing to lose. But maybe with everything that has been bestowed upon this team, and look, some of it is their own doing. Um, you know, they probably believe their own hype. But I think maybe the, it, they maybe needed a smack in the face and say, look, it, it's still the NFL. You got to go out there and you got to compete. Um, look, the Jets lost today 17 16. Uh, you need to go in there and, you know, everybody to a man needs to understand that, Pete, essentially, they aren't shit yet. They're nothing yet. So it's great the hype. It's great the national media. Everybody covered them, SI covers, all this, that, and the other thing. You got to get things freaking done. Yeah, uh, there's no question that, that, you know, not only have you not done anything, but, you know, certainly Tennessee made it a point to say that, you know, they were tired of hearing about the Browns and, and you know, we'd get into this whole, well, you know, the, the Titans were up for the Browns. As a result. They were up because it's the first game of the season. They got to win. But uh, nevertheless, you know, the, when you get all that, and, and I'm not going to suggest that the Browns were like, you know, buying into the hype or any of that crap, but uh, you, you do have to go out and prove it every week. And, Right now, they not only didn't prove it, but they, they raised more questions than they had initially going in, uh, including but not limited to, you know, are they going to be disciplined and mature enough to even get through a football game, which, you know, at least for right now is, is a real question mark. Yeah, and that was probably the most – that was probably the most difficult part of everything today was the fact that, you know, they just – the fact that they played flat, played poorly – but played undisciplined. And look, I mean, uh, some of it, you know, with, you know, I mean, the, the two-man block, you know, I mean, this is stuff you guys, they should know now. And then uh, even Greg Robinson, look, I still disagree with that one. But look, you can't get pushed off a pile, lose your cool, get ejected, and cost your team 15 yards. Um, and even Miles Garrett was to a point today, you know, where we threw an open hand slap. You cannot lose your cool. It's one down of what could be 70. And that was probably the most difficult part of today was it's one thing to lose, but it's another thing to kind of lose your functionality and, you know, focusing on the task at hand, which is, you know, anybody to a man, you played football as long as these guys have, it's go on to the next down. And that seemed to be an issue today. Um, look, Baker's fourth quarter was bad. It was poor. There's no denying that. 
Um, Dearness Johnson was nice to get to see a little bit of him. Uh, how this running back stable is going to fold on in the next week. You, know, you got concerns with Higgins. You got concerns with Lamb, and obviously Dontrell Hilliard. All this is stuff you know that's you know definitely you know stuff's got to be monitored. Um, but you need to go in there in into New York Monday night, Pete, and you got to recorrect this wrong because when we talked about this and about how this season was going to go, a big key of it was going two and zero out of the gate. And they already kind of spit the bit on step one of that. Well, yeah, I mean, there's no question that the, the Titans and the Jets represented two winnable games coming out of the gate. And obviously, having completely humiliated themselves on the first attempt, um, the Jets become a crucial game. For, for, for one thing, you know, you get all those stats about how difficult it is to make the playoffs when you go 0-2. But not only that uh, – the the Browns go, you know, if, if they, let's say they lose to the Jets and the Jets are 0-1, uh, losing the Bills somehow. Uh, if, if, if the Browns lose to the Jets, they turn around and have to play the Rams. And that is not where you want to be, is having to try to get your first win against the NFC Championship uh, team from last year who, who's, who's uh, you know, obviously very talented – presents even more problems potentially for your offensive line with Aaron Donald. Uh, so yeah, the jets become a must win game and you, and, and, and become a question, uh, who are you this year? And the Browns have to come out and, and provide an answer for that. Hopefully a better one than they did today. Um, look, there's no doubt there. Um, look guys, let's not put this 2019 product under the microscope after week one. Um, Definitely some new moving parts. Um, definitely a lot of stupid, piss-poor play that you're not going to expect over a full 17-week season. Going to be all right. Going to be all right. Um, keep in mind, it was, you know, 17 minutes ago, you were down two. Uh, and then all of a sudden, basically all hell broke loose. But it's kind of what you guys, uh, the Browns did to a bunch of teams last year. They were just able to put the pedal to the metal. So overall, not concerned. Um Really? I'm not that concerned about the Jets next week. Um, for Pete Smith, uh, make sure you're checking everything out at, um, at Brown, brownsmaven.com. Over at SI, click on Cleveland Browns. You're going to get a lot of Pete stuff over there. Um, might not be so positive right now, but, I mean, we got to cover week one, and you're going to get our thoughts and everything week one. So you get that from Pete over there. Um, Browns Maven on Twitter. Make sure you're following over there. At underscore Pete Smith underscore. Make sure you're following over there. Look, tough day. Uh, just in, in look everybody with the anticipation and, you know, as packed as the Muni lot was and, you know, uh, fingers crossed for that poor son of a gun who fell off a bus. Apparently hope that guy's all right. Um, but look, people just take it in week by week. Um, today wasn't so good. So we now, now when there's games where we talked about, maybe these aren't winnable games, you gotta go steal one of those or steal two of those. And we'll just play out the rest of the season here. Uh, the Lockdown Browns Twitter account, at Lockdown Browns, all over case. Always a follow-back account. Uh, DMs are always open over there. Uh, me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open. Uh, look, again, at the end of the day, not certainly not the result by any means whatsoever that anybody was anticipating or anybody wanted. Breathe. Um, and this is the joy of football season. We'll be back here quick. Uh, once you get into the regular season, it turns around. And it turns around really, really quick. Uh, for Pete Smith, for Jeff Lloyd, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.